breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. In honor of the training scale webinar coming up on Sunday, we are going to be playing a little game about the training scale. We are? We are. You're such a trooper to play like all my games with me. Remember when we did the shoe game? Oh, at the wedding? We did it on here too. Oh yeah, we did it. Remember? Yeah. It was yeah. like, who who has a better seat? Who sits the trot better? So if you haven't yet, RSVP for the webinar on the training scale, it's going to be this Sunday and show up live. I'm going to be giving away a Castell shirt or a voucher so you can pick whatever Castell shirt you want. I'm also going to be doing a super secret segment. Super secret segment. Which is only for people that show up live. There's going to be no replay. So RSVP come on Sunday. And what are the levels of the training scale? From bottom to top? Rhythm. Because I would say rhythm and relaxation, but they got rid of that. Rhythm? So rhythm. I'm all... Suppleness. Suppleness, contact, impulsion. Connection. Connection. Oh, they got rid of contact? It's yeah, connection. connection. Collection at the end now? Yeah. Rhythm, rhythm, suppleness, connection, impulsion, straightness, collection. Yes. Yeah. And But that is true with a train scale that it's originally in German. And, and there were sentences and phrases and things. And even when they translated it. Yeah. And German has a lot better words than we do. So... That's why they're always a little bit changing the, like the words, the terminology, but the bottom line is that the training scale is very useful for all different types of horses. And that's what we're going to go through tonight in our little game is every horse is different. They all have a different personality. You have to figure out how to work with your horse, but the training scale gives you a framework that you can adapt to fit your horse based on your horse's temperament and your horse's personality. Do you agree? Yes. There's no doubt about that. Do you use the training scale when you train your horses? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's the game. I have a little bowl. Inside my bowl, I have pieces of paper with many of the horses at our barn's name. So we're going to pull out a horse's name. We're going to talk a little bit about the horse's personality, and then we're going to discuss how we use the training scale to work with this horse. All right. <laughs> you get to pick first. Oh, heavens to Betsy. What if it's a horse you ride? Well, then you know all the horses I ride. It's Kensington. Oh, Kensington. Kensington is the first one. So if you don't know, Kensington is my... He's eight now, my eight-year-old. Kensington is a very sensitive horse. I feel like he's very introverted. Like he's very shy and sometimes it's hard to figure out what's going on inside his head or sometimes he'll act really calm, but he's actually kind of nervous. How would you describe Kensington? 
Yeah, he's introvert. He holds himself in. He doesn't, and then, and then it just explodes, <laughs> right? It's like very contained. He's very holding it together. Um, so I would say that he lacks a bit in the relaxation, <laughs> the suppleness, and yeah, so the suppleness, and so then he's got issues because of that with the throughness and the contact. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's connection now. It's not contact, but. <laughs> So how have I worked on improving Kensington's suppleness? I think a lot of it is just consistency and just sticking to a Time plan. Yeah, sticking to a system. And then certainly there's a big link between physical suppleness and mental suppleness. So all of the bending work. I was just going to say, you mean you did a million circles. Yeah. And groundwork and lunging. And I still have to do all of that. Um, the other thing that's been tricky with Kensington is that he's a really big mover. Like he has these big, beautiful gates, but there's a difference between big, beautiful gates the and is impulsion, right. And, and having like true impulsion and true collection. And so teaching Kensington, the flying changes was very difficult because he had this huge canner that was all over the place. And to do a flying change, you have to have collection. And so I spent a lot of time and I still do like canner walk, canner walk, canner walk, working on getting the canner quicker, getting the canner smaller so that I can do the flying change. I'm just change. getting his hind legs more underneath him. And um, flat and flying changes are a true test of the training scale. Like you, when you're teaching the changes, you try a flying change, and then it falls apart. One of the levels of the training scale, whether it's rhythm, suppleness, connection, impulsion, and you have to go back and fix that. So that's Kensington. Who's next on our list? Do you get to pick? No. Oh, I, I just keep picking? I'm doing more of the talking, so. Kensington. Kensington again? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Mercurio. Mercurio. That's all you. You know a little about Mercurio because you had to teach um, Kane on Mercurio when you were teaching her the patterns and figures. Herman has a workshop coming out soon on school figures and geometry. Oh, we videoed that already? Yeah. Okay. I remember that. So Mercurio is the gray PRE that I ride in many of the videos. He's a wonderful horse. How would I describe his personality? He is a horse that at the beginning of the ride, sometimes he can be a little on the lazier side, but then at the end of the ride, he gets like hotter and hotter and hotter and you have to work on kind of calming him down. What did you notice about Mercurio um, when you were helping Kane? I think that was it's the impulsion to the connection, just not really going to the hand. Yeah. And a, a little bit. To get up and stuck, and it just doesn't, just yeah. like, doesn't come through. The impulsion really doesn't come through to the hand. I think, I think the trickiest thing with Mercurio is the connection because he kind of either wants to curl and get behind a bit, or he wants to be above the contact. But he, but connection is all about the flow of energy, like hind leg through the back and to the mouth and having him be 
on the bit and not curling and not in front of the bit. So yeah, not behind it, not past it. It's like Goldilocks, right? This one's too hard. This one's too soft. This one's just right. So the other thing with Mercurio, and I feel like a lot of PREs is that that first level of the training pyramid rhythm, it, it was really tricky with him to find and maintain a steady tempo. He wanted to like speed up and slow down and speed up and slow down. And of course that's related to the connection. Right. Cause he's to the bit and behind it. He's good. And he just doesn't want to stay through to the contact. Yeah. But that's something that you always want to start out with in the beginning of your ride is rhythm and finding a steady tempo. It helps you with relaxation. And the other thing I sent out a survey to many people in our audience. And one thing that people asked, which I think is a really interesting question is why is impulsion so far up in the training scale? <sighs> yeah, because nothing works without going forward, you know? Um, and so it's a really fair question because it's certainly, you can't, you can't really think about the contact without the forward, but the, the rhythm, takes care of that in the beginning. Yes. Okay. If you have the rhythm, okay, you have an adequate amount of impulsion. Of energy. Yeah. Of energy. You get, and so that's why it comes later. Yeah. So there's an adequate amount if you keep a consistent rhythm. You're so smart. You answered my question. But but at the base of the training scale, when it says rhythm, the like little words after rhythm say with energy and tempo. And so what you have to do with your horse is you have to find and be able to control the tempo. So in general, with a lazy horse, you want just a little bit of a quicker tempo, and that usually improves the rhythm of the gate. And with a hot horse, you want to slow the tempo a little bit down. And that's the trick with Mercurio's at the beginning of the ride. I feel like I have to ask the tempo to be a little quicker because he's still on that little bit of a lazier side. And then at the end of the ride, when he starts to get hot, I have to regulate the tempo and slow it a little bit down. So, sorry, it just says Facebook user. It says, I struggle with impulsion with my gelding. Sounds like I need to focus more on the rhythm. Okay, because if you create more energy and it's not rhythmic then it's uh, frantic uh hurried none of the positive things right if you don't have a steady rhythm and then you create more now you created more unsteadiness and so that's why you have to have the rhythm first because if you push on something that's unsteady you're just going to create more unsteadiness and the other thing that's really tricky about the word impulsion is that it's a term that's not well understood. And this is why I hope you're coming to the webinar on Sunday, because you have to understand the definitions of these terms. So impulsion is not just going faster. Impulsion is not just speed. So when your trainer tells you that you need more impulsion, it's four components. It's the desire to go forward. It's the suppleness of the top line. It's the engagement of the hindquarters. So it's it's like more complicated than that. It's not just about it's not pacing. just the gas pedal. 
And that's the mistake that we all make is on a lazy horse. You just want to chase and chase and chase and chase. And that doesn't work. You end up sweating more than your horse. So what you want to do. <laughs> that's to, never good. What you want to do to create impulsion is think about engagement and suppleness. So transitions, um, getting your horse more soft, supple side to side, that's going to help. And that's going to help you with impulsion more than just going faster around the arena. So. Right. Which also then that, why is the suppleness before the impulsion? Well, because it needs that, that energy needs to be able to go through and recycle. And so if the ribs are locked up or the neck is braced, you can't push on the tensors. So if it's not supple and you push, you're just going to create more resistance. Yeah. And that's the beauty of the training skills. All the levels of the training scale are interrelated. Hey, I got that question before they even asked it. And, <laughs> oh, good job. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> so all the levels of the training scale are very much interrelated. And it's not like you master one at a time, but the training scale serves as a guide where you start at the bottom, you work your way up to the top. Um. Okay, there's another question here that says, I'm getting confused about whether I need to focus more on getting my horse in front of my leg before I focus on a good rhythm. So again, those two are related. First, you want to focus on rhythm. Like that's always the first thing you get on your horse. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. I have it. Now I can push. Yeah. And then you have to decide once you, so I get on my horse and the first thing is I let them find the rhythm and tempo that they want. So they start walking and I'm feeling, okay, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And then I decide like that's too fast and my horse is feeling anxious. I'm going to slow the rhythm down or that's too slow and I want to increase it. But you always should keep the rhythm the same and be able to change the tempo. Um, it was explained once to me, like it's riding a bicycle. When everybody's on flat ground, it's real easy. Everybody stays together. When you start going up the hill, everybody separates out because everybody has a natural rhythm that they're comfortable in and they can do. That's what you're training your horse in. And then once you've established that, then you can make adjustments to it once they have the strength, the balance and the rest of it, then you can start to say, okay, it's going to be medium. It's going to be collected or whatever, but they have their rhythm that, that you work with when they're new and then you can start making adjustments. Yeah. So I don't know if that's helping anybody, but the bicycle thing, that's how it was explained to me once. I like it. There's a good quote here. Someone RJB put in the chat. Carol Lavelle once said, in the beginning, the rider sweats. In the middle, you both sweat. And in the end, the horse sweats. That's accurate. Okay. Who's our next horse? Harvey. <laughs> Harvey. In a way, he's a lot like Kensington in a way. But he's a bit more extroverted. A little bit, but he's really... Like, like he show when Harvey's nervous, you know. When Kensington is nervous, you he kind of, of are just down. like, uh, <laughs> you're waiting for the champagne cork to pop out. Kensington is like the, like the innocent child that just like takes all the beating 
<laughs> for a long time until he's just sick of it. Harvey lets you know, like sometimes when I ask Herman to go get Harvey from the pasture, he won't let him catch It takes me a long time to catch Harvey. We go to the pasture and I stand and he looks at me. And I tell him we're all friends here and I take two small steps and he looks at me. And you know, in about three or four minutes, I can get to him, maybe five. I just, I don't hurry it because he won't have it. Yeah. And with me, he just comes right up to me. So he's, um, he's it's funny too in the he's stall. He's leery of strangers. Like in the stall, his head's out. He wants to yeah. say hi to me and then yeah. I move towards him and he goes, he comes back. Yeah. And then if you stand there for a while, he'll, he'll, come back. he'll put his head um, So Harvey is my Grand Prix horse and he's incredibly sensitive, which you need that. I mean, to, to really have a top dressage horse, they have to be very sensitive. And that's what makes them fun to ride and able to piaf and passage is that little bit of crazy, I guess we could describe it. With wee part. But thinking about the training scale with Harvey, and I think that one thing that's interesting to consider is, so Harvey's 11 now, I got him when he was five. So I've been riding him for six years. And the training scale has guided my training since he was five. And it's still, I use it every day, even now when he's doing the Grand Prix, but it changes a little bit as you move up the levels. Harvey has always had a really hard time with the connection. Like he hates the bit. I think he thinks that the idea of putting a piece of metal in his mouth and pulling on him is very offensive and he doesn't like it. So that's always kind of been the sticking point with Harvey is teaching him to accept the bit, teaching him to just be okay with contact. When he was younger, the suppleness was a big thing because he would get tense and get anxious and he still does. So when he was younger, I focused a lot on suppleness to improve the connection. Now that he's older, I still have to work a lot on the connection is like what I always come back to. But now I work a lot more on like impulsion. The other thing interesting with Harvey is that there's a big link between connection and straightness with him. So because he's not always straight, that affects the connection and vice versa. That was probably not very well explained. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes, dear. <laughs> okay. So let me try and explain it better. Harvey gets strong in the left rein and he's empty in the right rein. So I have a lot of contact in the left rein and he leans on the left rein and I like to hang on my left rein and I have nothing in the right rein. And so that affects his straightness. How would you fix that? Hold the rein he doesn't want. And what do you do with your leg? Ride him forward to that rein. Okay, so since he's strong in the left rein and empty in the right rein, what am I going to do? What exercise? You do all the exercises, but you're always thinking about keeping the right rein. What exercises in specific? Circles, leg yield, shouldering, transitions. And always shouldering into Ron Ver. And so how do you get him into the right rein if he won't hold it? <sighs> so then you move that over, you counter bend that a little, move that shoulder into that and then release that left rein, move him over, just move that shoulder around. And also use your left leg, right? Yes. Your left leg, like if he won't 
hold the right well, you're rein. You're going to ride both legs to the to the forward. You're going to ride both legs to the forward and holding that right rein. But sometimes you have to like push his whole body. Like I think of it as right, I have then to I push would be his flexing whole... and move that shoulder over that little bit. Move the shoulder to the over the right hind. Yeah. Yeah. So with Harvey, I have to really focus on left leg to right rein connection. Yeah. And like and shoulder matter. and left leg yield off my left leg. And and always thinking about holding the right rein even when I'm going to the right. Yes, for sure. But the trick is because that ultimately the goal is to be even in both reins. And so he he just isn't. So you have to make that happen and hold the rein he doesn't want. If you go to the gym and you do curls with your left arm, when does your right arm get stronger? So, so you pulling keep, on the left rein so isn't going to work. You keep holding the that you keep making curls with your left arm. You get a bicep like this, and you ah, he's empty. Yeah. Hold the rein they don't want. But let me know if you're watching here live. What is the hardest level of the training scale for you and for your horse? If you don't know the levels, rhythm, suppleness, connection, <laughs> impulsion, straightness, collection. I feel like for Harvey, it's definitely the connection piece. And because the connection is tricky, that affects the impulsion, the straightness and the collection. That's always like when I'm doing a movement, I have to always be thinking about working and improving the connection. Okay. Lots of people are saying connection in the chat. What's the hardest level for you? Oh, we need to get another horse. Pick your horse. Should I just say her name? Doesn't matter what comes up. Oh, you Frankie. picked it. <laughs> you picked it. That was psychic. Well done. Uh, in my case, it's just psychotic. <laughs> Tell us about Frankie. Frankie's uh, really tricky. She's um, the rhythm is hurried. So and it used to say rhythm and relaxation together, because if you could get the rhythm, you could help the relaxation. So she lacks bit in the relaxation. She wants to curl, get behind the vertical, get low in the front and hide behind the bit. Um, so all those first part of it, right? The, the rhythm, the, the suppleness and the connection are really where the biggest issues are with her. So I start off at the walk and I halt and I do turn on the forehand and I do my four square, you know, I stop in each corner of the square, do turn on the forehand uh, in both directions. And then I move that into sort of a figure eight at the walk and really try and slow that walk down, get her, get her equilibrium right where she's balanced in all four legs, keeping the, the withers up and the neck up. So she can't curl behind the bit, turn that into like figure eights where I really exaggerate the turn on the forehand and that access into the rib cage and then move that off into the trot. Um, now that I'm doing the walk canners, I do walk pirouette. Oh, also I'd go into the short sides and I do turn on the haunches. I do rain back a lot. And then uh, I do walk pirouettes and the, the canner to part so that she has to take the weight back, you know, and fix this issue of the balance where she's just running. Yeah. And, and I think all of those exercises, what they do is they get you control over her hind end and her rib cage. Because the tricky thing is that always like the head and the con, like 
what you feel in your hand, that's the symptom. Right. The root cause is the hind in or the lack of suppleness in the body and the rib. So you have to move their body around to fix their head, especially if you have a horse that curls and runs. Cause if you just pull, <laughs> she's going to curl and run more. So it's, it's, I've got to, I got to get her balanced in all four legs, establish my rhythm, work on the suppleness that improves the connection. And then I can start thinking about getting some transitions done where she's learning how to balance herself. Yeah. So I, that's the beauty of the training scale is that it's so cool how it, all these horses are different. They all have different personalities. That's what makes riding really fun is figuring out how to work with these different horses. But the training scale keeps you grounded to where you can come up with a system that you know will work for your horse. And you can also problem solve when you have problems. Someone wants to know what breed is Frankie. She's Dutch. She's by Franklin, right? Here's someone on Facebook says, I've always puddled around in the bottom half of the scale, get stuck at straightness. So it's normal. It's very normal to be stuck at the bottom of the training scale because that's the point of the pyramid is that you always spend most of your time at the base. At the base. And that's the mistake that many riders make is they just start working on collection. Like once their horse learns walk canters, then they're just working on collection and straightness. And that's when you run into a lot of problems. That's when horses start bolting, bucking, rearing. Because when we start ignoring that suppleness for sure, bad things happen. Yes. Okay. Another horse? Natasha. Oh, Natasha. Tell us about Natasha. We love Natasha. She's wonderful. <laughs> we love Natasha. Today, Herman gave Karen, oh. Natasha's owner, a ride, which is very special because Karen is old and Natasha, she might hate me for saying that. Karen is wonderful, but she's elderly and Natasha takes such good care of her. So, and I didn't, leave, I mean, I just, I walked alongside the horse, but Karen did it all. Yeah. So it's pretty special to have a horse that does the Grand Prix. Natasha is a Grand Prix horse. And she also will like really settle down and take care of her owner. And not all horses are generous in that way. So if you have a good schoolmaster, they are worth their weight in gold. And Natasha is that. But even though Natasha is a Grand Prix horse, I still focus on the base of the training scale, like every ride, rhythm, suppleness, and connection. Um, and, and that's why she's going so well at 18 and still sound and all those things. Yeah. You can't, you can't just bring them out and drill the movements every day and work on straightness and collection because they won't last. They'll break down. So, um, so yeah, you yeah. can't grind them. We're not doing kilometer training. Yeah. Can't grind them. Yeah. And so when we're not just drilling these exercises, and we're working on the suppleness it keeps them fit it keeps them elastic just like us you know yeah uh someone's asking 18. natasha's 18. but one thing so i've been riding natasha now for about three years she was trained previously by sue martin who's a very good trainer and one thing that's always been difficult with natasha is her straightness 
she always wants to really lean right. And when I got her, I, the saddle would always, she'd push the saddle to the left and lean into the right. She still wants to do it to this day. But when we think about straightness with our horses, it's very important that you don't want your horse to be straight like a rod. It's not straight stiff. It's straight supple. Yeah. They have to be supple before you can make them straight. So, so okay so in case you're wondering why we do so many circles it's to make our horses straight and it's called relative straightness on a circle it is because horses are crooked they're wider behind than they are in the front so we're always trying to bring the shoulders over the inside hind leg yes so um that has been a challenge with natasha is getting her straight and i work a lot on suppleness exercises with her so like her mom said, circles, leg yields, all of those things. I don't just get on her and ride her straight around the edge of the arena and say, Natasha, you have to be straight. I make her straight by working on suppleness and not only working on the stiff side, like not only bending her right, but also bending her equally left and like stretching, like doing an exercise, releasing the exercise, doing it again, releasing the exercise. That's how you um, get your horses to be more supple. Okay, I'm, I'm picking one. <laughs> Here's one. Here's one that you know. Tico. Tico. Tell us about Tico. Tico also, I think he's about 18, that he got trained up to... Levi's <laughs> excited. Well, Tell us him. about Levi. <laughs> oh, he heard his name. Okay, Tico. Uh, Tico got trained up to the I-1, and uh, Kathy got him almost about two years ago, and she's learning how to ride on him, actually. And uh, he's super stiff on the left side. And so... Kathy's learning about the suppling, right? So, and like all of us, we all have a thing, you know, so she holds the right rein and she's learning how to get him to move his neck and supple him up and ride the patterns and ride the figures and getting more comfortable in the saddle. But he's, he's a solid citizen, you know, he's been there, done that. He's just stiff on that left side. So since Kathy's learning to ride, how have you used the training scale to help, like to teach her how to ride Tico? Well, we never got off the circle in the beginning, right? So that it was easier for her to manage the rhythm so that she could develop her seat. She had that circle to keep the suppleness because of the bend. And so I'd spiral the circles in and out so she could start to feel what suppleness would do for her. And so then how she could then create that on a straight line. because. You, she needed to learn how to feel those things to then recreate it. But it's just easier to do on a circle. Yeah. And the cool thing watching Kathy and Tigo is that you always start your lessons just focusing on rhythm and suppleness. And then a lot of times he just goes round on, on, his, on his own. own. Like right. it wasn't like you tell her like, okay, now pull on your reins and make him round. It was a byproduct of, of correct riding. Correct riding. I make her take her stirrups off and we walk a serpentine for minutes. 
and they can see, you know, he starts to get more ground cover as her legs start to soften and she can feel more her seat and we change direction, we change direction. So we're working on the rhythm and the suppleness just from the get go at the walk. And it helps her relax, it helps him relax. And then we put the foot the stirrups and off we go. Awesome. All right, we're going to have how of it for dinner. You're going to grill up some fish, right? Uh, yes, dear. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> and um, on pizza? Sunday, don't forget to come to my webinar on the training scale. I've only scratched the surface of what I'm going to be talking about on Sunday. I'm also going to be including a lot of real life scenarios of different horses, different problems, how to solve these issues, because I want you to understand the training scale. It will change your riding for the better. So have a wonderful evening and you won't be here next week. I will be here alone. You're going to be in Idaho, oh, I gotta go to Idaho. teaching a clinic. We'll miss you because uh... we like having your input. So RSVP, come to the webinar. I'm going to be giving away a Castell shirt and there's going to be a super secret segment with no replay. So be sure to show up live and yeah, have a good evening. Is Bye everyone. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.